Curious to know more about autism? On this week's episode, we talk about the signs. Hi, I'm Melissa Joseph. I'm a certified speech-language pathologist. And I'm Haley McCute, and I'm a certified speech-language pathologist assistant. And we're the Pediatric Speech Pals. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope you had a good Christmas. And almost a happy new year. Woohoo! <laughs> Melissa got us some cute little hats for Christmas. <laughs> Our pediatric speech pal hats. Pink, one? of course. Oh, yes. Pink everywhere. <laughs> Melissa has one too, but we didn't want to be super twinny. Matchy matchy. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Thank you. How about you? It was good. Yeah. Was it good to go home and see your family? Yes, it always is. Yeah. It's, it's so good to go home and see and hang out with family yeah is it cold it was kind of cold yeah. yeah i mean compared to here is it snow where you live <laughs> sometimes. sometimes it has to get like really cold yeah but um but yeah sometimes it'll snow that's cool mm-hmm. did santa come santa came <laughs> <laughs> no cold for he you ate my cookies <laughs> oh good yeah. <laughs> oh well i'm glad you had a good christmas yeah how about you yeah. it was nice yeah good it was nice to be with my family yeah my brother came home for from school so it's good oh, to hang out with yeah. yeah, I know. It's always good to see family. Yes. Yes. It mm-hmm. is fun. It's good. And it's like so like everything I feel like if I had to describe everything Christmas, it'd be like warm. Yeah. I just feel like everything's just like so cozy and like a lot of togetherness. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. Sad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I know it can be different for others, but. Yes. Yeah. For us. I hope that you guys had a warm. Yes. Warm holiday. Or a happy holiday. Yes. Yeah. All right. Should we get into it today? Sure. All right, today's topic is um, a little bit more serious, but I feel like it's a good one or we feel like it's a good one to discuss um, Mm -hmm. just to get out there because I know this is just a topic that is talked about a lot and we see this um we see this population a lot in our, within our field mm-hmm. and i i personally definitely get a lot of questions about it yes, um me too. from parents even just people curious my friends you mm-hmm. know are always curious about it um but today we're going to be talking about autism yes so the autism spectrum spectrum disorder or asd is short for a developmental disability associated with social differences repetitive behaviors and communication differences. Recently, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention stated that one in, oh, actually just changed, one in like 44 people, it literally changed like a few weeks ago, so sorry. I think it was one in 44, but when I researched this, is one in 54 children are diagnosed in the U.S. with ASD. Although research on autism is continually growing and at times lacking, there are so many autistic adults as well. So I mm-hmm. think that now a lot more times, a lot more people, adults are being diagnosed with autism um, now that more research has been done and a lot's been aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so how you diagnose ASD, um, and this is according to the Diagnostic Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5, a child must have um, differences in social communication across more, more than one area, such as difficulty with back and forth interactions, nonverbal communication, and developing relationships. And number two is at least two of the following. Um, repetitive motor movements, insistence of sameness, fixated interests, with, and with hyper-increased or hypo-decreased sens- sensitivity to sensory input. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's <not full. laughs> Good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but did you want to talk about the severity levels? Yeah. So, um, when you're diagnosed with autism, I guess 
Um, also, we should say that SLPs can't diagnose. No. Um, we can only refer. Mm -hmm. So um, we just kind of look out for some of these signs. And if we see them, then we will let the parents know and um, tell them to kind of continue um, with a referral if they if they want to. Obviously, it's 100% their decision. Mm -hmm. um, I always say, you know, it may be good because there's a lot of resources open. Um, a lot more doors can be open to your child. Yes. Um, um, more supports, things like that if your child needs it. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, it's completely parents' decision if you want to go forward with trying to get a referral or anything. But if you do, typically we'll refer you to a pediatrician um, or a neurologist, things like that, to get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. um, and neurologists are typically the ones that diagnose autism. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. And we're usually the first, at least I am because I'm zero to three, typically um, one of the first like therapists or professionals mm -hmm. to introduce the word autism to a lot of these parents. So um, it's a pretty hefty important job yeah um and it's you not always have fun. to tread very lightly yes but we understand just know important conversation it's a very important we're just doing it out of that this is our you know professional like we have to rec like part save, of our job it's part of our job and we're doing it only because we want to help your child mm -hmm. out not to hurt them in any no. way shape or form and we understand that it is a sometimes a tough pill to swallow but we also are here to help with that too like mm -hmm. you know while you you know, are contemplating or conflicting or have many questions. That's yeah. what us as therapists are here for to help answer those questions when like, and maybe I don't know, neurologists really do the more like therapy type side thing, you know? Yeah. More so. of the diagnosing. Um, anyway, so. Yeah. And so again, when they diagnose, sometimes they'll give you some severity levels of you know, how severe is the autism, things like that. Um, so the severity levels would be level one, requiring support, level two, requiring substantial support, and then level three, requiring very substantial support. Mm -hmm. um, so just more help in the daily life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they like uh, the terms of like high functioning versus low functioning is kind mm -hmm. of gone like away I don't we don't really typically refer to children you know as like high functioning versus low functioning so much anymore so I think that they've changed this to more of like a level Levels. leveling tier type system and um, it really is such a spectrum and I think so many parents when you introduce the idea that possibly their child may have autism um, they think either high functioning or low functioning mm -hmm. in those terms because mm -hmm. obviously we've used them for so long and now they're, that's what's ingrained in their brain but mm -hmm. we really want to just kind of let them know it is a spectrum yes. um, and there, it doesn't have to be one or the other. No. And so during this when we are um, you know saying the signs that we see as clinicians we wanted to talk about some of the verbiage that's changed over the years and what mm -hmm. we use now um, which we would highly recommend you to use and maybe start using it in your language maybe like check in with what you know how you're labeling things um, and that to try your best to change that um, I know that the autistic community is really mm -hmm. trying to push for you know the differences of like the way we talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. So we just also want to join in with it. So we don't refer to these signs as red flags anymore. We'll, we define them as characteristics. Um, the signs. The signs. Um, because red flags kind of gives it a negative 
um, feel to it when nothing about autism is bad whatsoever. Uh, just different. It's just different. So we don't want to call them red flags anymore. Mm-hmm. It's So that's out. Wash. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, if you think about it, I can understand how that could be hurtful. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah. It's like, you know, like whatever is trending on TikTok is like red flags in relationships or like red flags about me. And yeah. And that's like, always something bad. It's like negative. Yeah. Yes. A negative sort of connotation. Connotation. To it. Yeah. So exactly. That's not what we want for um, these people, mm-hmm. these children and adults. Um, mm-hmm. And a child doesn't have autism, they are autistic. Mm-hmm. So make sure to use that. Make sure. That verbiage has changed there, too. This has changed um, recently, too, mm-hmm. because um, we used to put the person first, and now it's they are an autistic child mm-hmm. um, because that's what they are, and yeah. it's not a bad thing. No. It's just what they are. Yeah. Um, so that's why we've started saying that as well. Definitely. Yeah. It's good. I mean – and I, I slip up, too. I mean, I would say on this one, you know, like an autistic child, like I'm like, oh, they have autism. It's like mm, I need to fig- like I, I catch myself yeah. saying that sometimes, yeah. too. Um, and so I really I've been trying to work on me, too. Yeah. It's, it. And it's hard because, you know, a lot of these are changing almost quickly now, I would say, like, very quickly, you know, the autism or I guess, um, you know, the autistic community is speaking out. See, I I just did it there too. It's just like, I'm so used to saying it. So I'm really trying to watch, we're trying to watch ourselves. And I think everybody is. And I'm so glad they're, you know, obviously coming out and speaking and letting them, letting us know like how they feel, how they feel, because we don't, we're the last thing we want to do is hurt them. Yeah. We don't Um, want to offend anyone. Yeah. So we're always trying, or at least we we are always, and I'm sure everybody is too, but we um, encourage you to, yeah, to try and change um your verbiage yes um and then they are categorized as neurodivergent versus neurotypical so like we are neurotypical adults Mm -hmm. and then um there's neurodivergent which also um people it comes like people with adhd um dyslexia um there's a couple other ones but uh, they also are referred to as neurodivergent so that's just how their brain works differently yes they're exactly um, and then also kids can display autistic like behaviors, but that does not mean that they are autistic. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like toe walking, like, um, we see toe walking as, um, another sign of autism. Typically they are toe walkers for sensory, but also children like preemies, premature born children are, they toe walk too. Mm-hmm. And that they're, they don't have autism. They're yeah. not autistic. So, um, and I think this is an important one too, because again, as being one of the first people or professionals to mm-hmm. tell parents, you know, you you see these signs or even they notice these signs and they've heard of these specific characteristics and are like, oh, you know, my kid does this, my kid does that. Is he autistic? Yeah. And you're like, well, maybe, you know, because a lot of the times it's like that's one sign, you know, but does he have so many of these? Like in order to be diagnosed, you have to have the criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just – just like Haley said, because he may have one or she may have another or, you know, certain things doesn't necessarily equal autism. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to be aware, mm-hmm. but also aware that just because that's happening does not mean that mm-hmm. it is autism. Yeah. But if we see, at least if I see him, I'll point him out because, yeah. you know, I don't want it to just be like suddenly a diagnosis that you we're not even expecting ever and it's just a, a random 
hit. Yeah. Um, because, you know, again, that's part of our job. Is to, field, yeah. yeah. Like, whoa, no one told me, no one helped me. Yeah. So we'll say it, you know, and I'll even phrase it as like, hey, I see some signs. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that your child has autism or is autistic, but, you it's know. It's just my job to let you know. Yeah, like, uh, let's keep an eye out with, mm-hmm. for it yeah. for a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, before you go seek, you know, Definitely. a referral from somewhere else. Definitely. Okay. So some signs that we see with autism. Did you want to go first? Name one or two? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um. So I guess some bigger signs that I because they're not these aren't all the signs obviously there's a lot of these um signs in the social communication difficulties and then also within the restricted interests and behaviors Mm -hmm. so like there's a lot of um signs that they would have to hit um but we're just in we're just saying some of the bigger ones the ones that we see also if you throughout this if you you know are confused or want more information about um the things that we're talking about are more of like a description of what it is like you're Mm -hmm. like i heard that but i don't know what that means um for the brevity of the podcast we were just going to link them on to our youtube Mm -hmm. um and so you can go to that and read more if you're like wait i really that's a buzzword for me i'm gonna go look that up and we'll link some more um videos too like i know laura mize does a really great in-depth um podcast about asd and some other um, speech therapists, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, yeah, link some resources and yeah for you research. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of the big ones for me that sometimes I'll notice is that like lack of engagement. Um, and by that, I mean like the kiddo could even be looking at me, like have eye contact, but they're just not fully engaged in another person. Um, this one's a little hard to explain, but it just like, I just notice it right off the bat. Like they're so focused on toys. They're focused on people more as tools rather than like the person and the enjoyment and they like this person. Um, So this is one that I will have conversations with with parents if I see it. Um, Another one is like they're not responding to their name. Um, Again, that's kind of the lack of engagement. Again, it's just like the... It's not because, I mean, ruling out hearing loss, obviously. Yeah. Um, it, it's not hearing loss. It's just you're like, oh, Johnny, 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 come here. Come here, Johnny. And he just doesn't look, isn't paying attention. He's just, I guess, like they say. They're the only person in the room, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would say that's when good and fleeting eye contact goes with that, too. Mm-hmm. Which, you know. But some, you know. Autistic yeah. children could have great. Yes, yeah, sometimes eye they have great eye contact. Sometimes they have great social skills yeah. and things like that, and it's great engagement. And I yeah. Told, so just because we're saying this doesn't mean yes, your child would have to have these big characteristics. Yes, it's just things that we see most common. I yes. would say, and the more more I see more kids come into the clinic with these signs than ones you know with great eye contact and great mm-hmm. social skills and. Um, some of those other things mm-hmm. I think those are good um, they do um, a lot of stimming so stim- mm-hmm. like stimming is like self-stimulation of like you know overexcitement or um, I think it's just more when they're most excited but it's like hand flapping or like jumping up and or down stressed or anxious or stressed or, mm-hmm. yes yeah in a sense of like that they can't control like their internal feelings so you know, they're jumping and they can't stop moving and they're in, it is healthy. I mean, we want to do it in a healthy way. It could be verbally too, vocally. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. They could be, you know, just making loud noises Mm -hmm. or they are like scripting. So Mm -hmm. like your child is kind of just saying the same line over and over and over again. Like I had a kiddo, um, 
and he was scripting his sight words. So he's like, corn, C-O-R-N, corn, you eat corn on the cob. And he's just kept saying it, you know, and it doesn't <laughs> end. And even though, you know, it might come off of like, yeah, you're so smart. Like mm-hmm. you're doing so awesome. Like, yeah, you're right, corn. And mm-hmm. maybe they're just practicing. It's kind of a little bit unhealthy, you know, to the point of, oh, now I'm trying to have a conversation mm-hmm. or we're trying to ask you a Part question. Part of the social communication. Yes. And you are, you know, stuck on saying that same phrase or they do Mm -hmm. songs you know daddy finger daddy finger where are you and then you know even and then for instance like this happened to me um the other day where she was singing this song and then i tried to sing with her and then you know mommy finger mommy finger and then she just kept saying daddy finger daddy finger where are you and that was it and we couldn't get past that that one i'm like okay now we're not using it functionally. So mm-hmm. um, obviously, and we've changed our way of like, we used to think of stimming as negative, you know, the hand flapping and the jumping and the movement and the vocal stimming. We used to um, try to get, like, we don't want that. But at this point, we, I, as a clinician, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think that we just want to use it in a more appropriate way. So like, for instance, if my child is, you know, jumping, jumping, jumping up and down is Mm -hmm. moving and buzzing around and I'm trying to talk to them, Mm -hmm. maybe I'll have them, you know, slow down a little bit. But then if we are just hanging out playing and they're just, you know, jumping, whatever, it's appropriate. Yeah. I just think of it as like, you know, like, what they need to do yeah like if i'm super excited sometimes like i can't contain my excitement for instance like when i got into grad school like i'm just a cry i'm mm-hmm. so excited i'm so happy but i don't want to not do that because it's not appropriate yeah and i've had some parents like ask how do we get rid of these certain stems how do we do certain things like that and to go along with Haley, it's like if they're not hurting anybody or you know it's it's helping them then we don't really want to change it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain things that we can do to try and avoid the behaviors in general. Like, what was the antecedent? Like, what happened before that made made him, you know, feel like he had to, you know, control himself in a different way or things like that where you can kind of try and eliminate that. Like, maybe it was too loud. Like, sensory things that you can kind of target to help. Um or maybe if he needs to fidget or do something like that, you can provide those stimulations in a different way mm-hmm. um, versus like screaming really loud, which is sometimes disruptive, um, like in a classroom or something like that. But ultimately, you can like shape it. you can shape it, like modify um, or modulate it. But ultimately, it's like something they have to do. And that's, yeah. you know, if it's not hurting anybody then it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like Then I don't see, you know, the negatives to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we all in some way do it too mm-hmm. like uh, if we burn our hand we're like oh shaking it shaking yeah. it like ow, 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 that's ow. one way that we're trying to like you know fix that sensory yes <laughs> yeah. input you know yes. and this exactly. is almost similar yes um and then another one is um it's what i see is like a which is not bad but it's like a an overindulgence or an obsession about certain things so like or like like obsession of when we're playing with toys and it's not appropriate. So like we are just spinning the wheels on our car. Hobby. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's it's not bad. Like Carrie Ebert put it perfectly. She is a great SLP who also has a child, an autistic, um, 
uh, an autistic adult, I think, is he is now. He's older. Um, but neurotypical people have obsessions, but they're called hobbies, which sounds more normal. If we would refrain our viewpoint on obsessions and begin referring to them as special interests, fascinations, passions, or enthusiasms, it would be easier to recognize them as relevant, as socially acceptable, as tools for learning and connecting. Um, so she posts awesome stuff about her son and like their viewpoint, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I, the obsessions are great, but put them more in a healthy way. So maybe, you know, obsession of like, you know, spinning the wheels over and over and over and over and over again is not so helpful. Maybe we can like modify it to be like, let's play with the car, you know, down the ramp and they can watch the wheels or if they like wheels, you know, they can, we can learn more about wheels and those type of things. So, um, but that's another sign, um, that I would say that is a little bit, um, what I see. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, another one is echolalia. So this is when the child imitates basically exactly what you said. Well, actually mm-hmm. exactly yeah. <laughs> what you said. Um, and this could also just mean a receptive language disorder. They just don't understand what you're saying. So they're just imitating what you're saying. So I've had a lot of kiddos who do have echolalia and then we're, we work on, I don't see any other signs, anything. So we work on receptive language and then now they're not doing echolalia. Um, so but I've also had kiddos who, you know, sh- show some other signs and this, you know, also echolalia and it just kind of shows me like mm, this could be a sign of autism. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So echolalia, That's they repeat everything you say. So if you're like, um, which one do you want? Blue or green? Which one do you want? Blue or green? Or they'll say blue or green. Things like yeah. that where they're not um, giving an opinion. They're not offering up a request mm-hmm. or not doing anything independently it's just an imitation or they'll say like uh even to like i tell parents when children have echolalia to like speak for them because it's so much of mm-hmm. like when you say your name is Haley, and then they'll say your name is Haley when they're talking about themselves mm-hmm. you know like what's your name they'll say your name is Haley, and and that's a form of echolalia too. yeah that one i'm like okay yeah so you kind of speak for the child like yeah, my um, name's Haley, like, or my name's Melissa. And mm-hmm. then Melissa would then say, my name's Melissa. That's mm-hmm. how I, you know, refrain it. Like, you are their voice so they can echo it and start changing it and using it on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Another one is um, transition. So I see a lot of kiddos having difficulties with transitions. Um, they just immediately start crying or, you know, transitioning from room to room, mm-hmm. even though if it's a good thing, you know, or from mm-hmm. toy activity to the next activity, um, they just start crying and they'll have a um, what we call a tantrum, which mm-hmm. is basically that they become upset, but as soon as they get the, what they want or if they figure out, you know, that it's fine, that the transition is okay, mm-hmm. uh, they're easily recovered. Yeah. Um, but also to be careful that sometimes that these tantrums can then turn into meltdowns, which is um, where they're basically just so beyond the past the point of being able to recover. So you basically just want to help them calm down mm-hmm. and let them know, um, you know. Put them in a safe spot. Just put them in a safe spot. Like um, a therapist said, like little people with big emotions. So, you know, us as adults need to be aware and help them through these things. But mm-hmm. definitely um, difficulty with transitions, I mm-hmm. would say, is a sign that I see. Um, and rigid play. So like lining things up, um, like you can only play the bus this way, only play or they or they have a tantrum mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of freak out or, you know, you try and incorporate yourself and do a different thing. And no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And they just get really mad. Um, that, again doesn't necessarily mean autism but um it could it could it could yeah 
So um, I think these are just a big bulk of like signs that we see as um, clinicians. Mm -hmm. Um, They're definitely are more way more. And, you know, but these are just, I think, ones that are just more everyday type. I I don't know. You could probably point them out a little bit easier than some of the other ones. So um, if you're curious, if, you know, you or someone that, you know, has a child or maybe even yourself might be curious mm-hmm. if maybe you might um, have some autistic traits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, these are things that we see. Um, if you want to learn more, refer to our links. Um, there's also tons of research out there right now. Mm-hmm. Social media is doing a ton. So, yeah, I mean, wherever you want to find it. And continue to listen to our autistic voices. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed. We'll see you next week. Bye. If you are ever curious about where we got our research or want to learn more, refer to our YouTube description box where we will leave links to the resources we used. We'd like to thank our producer, David Martinez. If you want more speech tips, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on our Facebook page, follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at Pediatric Speech Pals. Lastly, if you have any questions or concerns, email us at pediatricspeechpals at gmail.com.